Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables and money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants, you, Lord, have called forth your praise? And he left them and went out of the city to Bethany, where he spent the night. Early in the morning, as Jesus was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it, but found nothing on it except leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. Immediately the tree withered. When the disciples saw this, they were amazed. How did the fig tree wither so quickly, they asked. Jesus replied, truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. May God be gloried in his word. Good morning, everyone. And what a good morning it is to our friends on social media and to our friends here in-house. Happy Palm Sunday to each and every one of you. Uh, we have a lot to be thankful for. Uh, in the absence of our, our senior lead pastor, uh, Pastor Steve Glide and his dear wife Kathy, uh, we want to be in prayer for them uh, as they're away from us. Uh, let's ask God's uh, blessing upon our service before we go any further, shall we? Let's pray. Father, now uh, quiet our hearts as we uh, delve into your word. Uh, Father, we acknowledge your presence here this morning with us, and we desire that. Lord, we pray that you would move among your people challenging us, stirring in us a desire to be the people of God that pleases you. Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for what this day means to all Christians everywhere. 
Remind us of the sacrifice that you made for us. And may we in turn be willing to sacrifice and live for you. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen and amen. Well, for the last eight weeks, a number of us have gathered before worship service to engage in conversation concerning racial reconciliation using the book The Color of Compromise by Jamar Tisby. This book is, is a historical a look at the evils of slavery with an eye towards the American church vis-a-vis the white church that looked the other way while slavery flourished. For the eight weeks we met each Sunday, which, by the way, concluded today, it was a time of reflection, transparency, and soul-searching that led to some hearty discussions at times. Certainly, subjects like this are are not on the top of the list uh, for discussion in Bible studies on Sunday mornings. But truth be told, are desperately needed because if God's people don't deal with racial reconciliation, who will? In fact, who better? Who better to discuss this issue of racial reconciliation but the church of Jesus Christ? Needless to say, I believe the eight weeks were a good time of fellowship and enlightenment. Well, I was intrigued by, by the title, the, the Color of Compromise. So, so it led me to look up the definition of the word compromise. And who better to, to go to for definitions than Dr. Google? So, so one of the definitions of the word compromise according to to Google, is accepting standards that are lower than is desirable. Accepting standards that are lower than to be desired. Well, it seems to me that today's story of the triumphant entry found in Matthew chapter 21, 1 through 11, which uh, Brother Ty so eloquently read, is a good example of the word compromise. Isn't that, after all, what Jesus did? That is, accept standards well below what one would consider desirable for the Son of God. The, The fact that God came to earth in the form of a babe speaks to compromise, but John 1.14 says it best when it says, and the word was made what? Flesh and dwelled among us. If that doesn't speak to compromise, I really don't know what would. So if the word compromise means what I just stated, well, didn't our Savior Jesus Christ embody compromise? Now, before you call me a heretic and want to stone me, for using the name of Jesus in the same sentence with the word compromise, let's study closer 
Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem as told by Matthew. Uh, Using the title of the book, The Color of Compromise, what are the colors, what are the colors of compromise in the story of the triumphant entry? Well, may I suggest to you that there are three colors? The first color, the first color is the color of meekness. The color of meekness. As you recall from hearing just a few moments ago, Jesus with his disciples was heading towards Jerusalem. And he told the disciples, hey, I want you to go over to the next village. There you'll find a donkey and a coat. Bring that donkey to me. If they say, what are you doing? Tell them Jesus has need of of them. Let's pick up at verses 3 through 5 of Matthew 21. It says, if anyone says anything to you, you shall say the Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet, saying to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, gentle and mounted on a donkey, even on a coat, the fowl of a beast of burden. I'm suggesting to you this morning that this is the color of meekness. The Savior of this world, the creator of the universe, requesting a donkey to ride in fulfillment of the prophets of old. So, so how does one how so how does meekness look, one might ask? Well, in an evangelical sense, it looks like humility, resignation, submission to the divine will, without murmuring, opposed to pride and arrogance. I know that that's, that's all nice, you may say, but we're talking about the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Redeemer, the Creator, the Holy One, the, the fairest of 10,000, the Almighty One, the bread of life, the cornerstone, the Good Shepherd, the Great I Am, the Lamb of God, the Light of the World, the Messiah, the Rock, the Door, the Way, the Victorious One. And folks, that's just a short list. You see, Ipsy Free, our Savior was referenced with these titles throughout his journey, so it begs the question, with titles like these, one doesn't picture him riding on a donkey. Uh, Think with me for a moment. Jesus accepted the lowly state of requesting a donkey as a mode of transportation for the most important prelude to the greatest event of all humanity, the cross. Uh, You see, the significance of Jesus requesting a donkey goes right along with the use of donkeys in biblical times. Uh, Donkeys were portrayed in biblical works as symbols of service, suffering, 
peace and humility. Well, what did Jesus come to do? Well, he came to serve. He said, I come to serve and not to be served. Suffering. He's known as the suffering servant. No doubt he personified peace because he was called the what? Prince of peace and humility. You see, the Apostle Paul describes Jesus best in Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, when he says, And your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Folks, Jesus embodied meekness. So one of the colors of Jesus' triumphant entry found in Matthew chapter 21 is the color of meekness. The color of meekness. But secondly, secondly, the color of compromise in the triumphant entry is the color of victory. Praise God. The color of victory. In verses 8 and 9 of Matthew 21, it states, Most of the crowd spreaded their coats in the road, and others were cutting branches from the trees and spreading them in the road. The crowd was going ahead of him, and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. May I suggest to you that this story of the triumphant entry is the color of victory. The color of victory. Folks, Jesus was victorious in his assignment, even though the crowd that was celebrating his entry was shouting with shouts of Hosanna would soon turn on him several days later. Paul paints this color of victory when he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, be, but thanks be to God. He gives us, what? The victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, when, when Jesus entered Jerusalem on that first day of the Holy Week, riding on the fowl of a donkey, the palms were waved and laid on the road before him to celebrate the King of the Jews, Jesus. Unfortunately, though, the crowd was celebrating him as a human king. But the victory we speak of is spiritual in nature. Jesus' victory would come in an unlikely form, the cross. Well, we know that God's ways are not our ways. Neither is his thoughts our thoughts, Isaiah 55, verse 8 tells us. But no doubt, Jesus' triumphant entry was the color of victory. Victory over death and the grave, as Paul, the apostle, says in 1 Corinthians 15, 55. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, 
is your esteem. The color of victory should comfort every believer who has confessed the precious name of Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Because Jesus' victory is what? Our victory. We are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, our Lord, Romans 8.37 tells us. Romans 6.8 states, Now if we die with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We, the body of Christ, if the free, are victorious. So victory is the second color of the triumphant entry. But the final color of compromise in the triumphant entry is the color of the resurrection. Praise God. The color of resurrection. In verses 10 through 11 of Matthew 21, it states, When he had entered Jerusalem, all the city was stirred, saying, Who is this? And the crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. They are still viewing Jesus as an earthly king. Where, well, they're about to find out who is this. If you recall, this is the same question that was raised in Mark 4 when Jesus calmed the storm. You recall he told his disciples that they were going across the sea. As they were going, the winds picked up, the waves picked up, the storm came so much so that the water was coming into the ship. And what was Jesus doing? He was asleep. And the disciples were concerned that this guy didn't know what was going on. Saying to them, Careth thou not that we perish? And the scripture says he got up and he said, Hush! Remember that? Remember when your parents used to say that when you, when, when you were talking out of, out of, hush your mouth. Jesus stood up and said, hush to the winds and the waves. And the scripture says there was peace. Now, as you can imagine, the disciples are watching all of this. And they say in verse 41 of Mark 4, they were terrified and asked each other, that is the disciples, who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Who is this? Is the question that Thomas needed answering, if you recall. And patiently Jesus responded, didn't he? Put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hands and put them in my side. Stop doubting and believe, John 20, verse 27 says. So you ask, who is this? Well, that's Thomas. Because Thomas said, after he had touched his hands and his side, he said in verse 28, my Lord, praise God, and my God. 
This, I will suggest to you, is the color of resurrection. Uh, Jesus knew what awaited him as he made his way to Jerusalem. Death on the cross. But here is the color of resurrection because he didn't shy away from the cross. Jesus said to her, that is to Martha, in John eleven twenty five, 25, I am the what? Resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Folks, as Jesus entered Jerusalem, people today are still saying what the crowd said thousands of years earlier. Who is this? And you know what, folks? We all hold the answer to that, don't we? So who is this, this Jesus that I'm referring to? Well, he's the Savior of the world, isn't he? John 3.16 tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have what? Everlasting or eternal life. Who is this? He's a mind regulator. John 14 tells us, and this is the words from Jesus himself. He said, let not your heart be what? Trouble, neither let it be afraid. Who is this? He's the bomb of Gilead. James 5:14 tells us, if there's any among you who are sick, let them call the elders of the church and pray over them. By his stripes, the scripture says, we are what? Healed. Who is this? He's a friend, and some of us know this, he's a friend that sticketh closer than a what? Than a brother. John 15, 15 and this is Jesus again speaking. No longer do I call you slaves, but I call you what? Friends. Who is this? He's the lover, praise God, of your soul. John 15, 16 says, you did not choose me. I chose you and ordained you that you may go forth and bring forth fruit and that that fruit should remain. That whatsoever you ask in my name, it shall be done for you by the Father. So the story of the triumphant entry is the color of resurrection. What do these colors of compromise in the triumphant entry mean for us 21st century Christians? For us, March 28th, let's be more specific here now. For us, March 28th, 2021 Christians, what does the triumphant entry mean to us? In other words, what, what are the next steps? What picture does the triumphant entry paint for us? First of all, identification. Identification with Jesus Christ in his meekness, identifying with our Lord and Savior in his meekness. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, the scripture says, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. 
we need to identify with our Savior's meekness. Secondly, we need to claim, we need to receive the victory. We can't be moved. Please hear this this morning in FC Free. We can't be moved by what the crowds are doing if we're to honor Christ. Because how many of you know that the crowd sometimes is not always right? So we need to claim the victory and stand upon it. But finally, death. Yes, death. You do know that death precedes the resurrection. In other words, Good Friday precedes Easter Sunday. And what does that mean? That, that means that we must die to ourselves. Galatians 20, 20 says, I have been crucified, Paul says, with Christ, and no longer do I live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Isn't that hard to do, folks? And that is to die to self. But that's what Christ calls us to do. To die to self. And to live for him. And so as we wrap this message up, my question to you again is who is this? Do you know personally who this Jesus is. And if you don't, you have an opportunity to know Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads. And I'd like to uh, lead you in an invitational prayer for salvation for Someone who may be here this morning or by social media that needs to know who this Jesus is on this Palm Sunday. And all you need to do is pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your mercy, grace, and love found in and through Jesus Christ. Save me and forgive me from my sins. I give you my life, and I choose to follow, love, and live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. I guess I should say, in the process, this is not all you need to do, but after you do it, you now need to start living for Christ, and that's what he wants you to do. He wants you to live for him. Won't you do it today? It's your choice. He loves you. And like the prodigal son's dead, he's awaiting your arrival to come to him. Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the attentiveness of the people of God this morning. I pray your blessing on this Palm Sunday to everyone under the sound of my voice. May they know who is this in their own personal lives. This is our prayer in Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen and amen. God bless you.